The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and he saw a large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many people? And Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, about 5,000 in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled 12 baskets. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, This indeed is the prophet who is to come into the world. When Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark and Jesus had not come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were terrified. But he said to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. Then they wanted to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the land toward which they were going. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let the words of my lips and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. I, I got home about 5.15 yesterday and I'm like, oh, it's finally really late in the afternoon. I'm going to mow the yard and I do that thing that I think a lot of spouses probably do. Yeah, and, and hey, did you notice anything? No, what are you talking about? And, and, her, and her brother goes, um, 
he mowed the yard and goes, oh, I wonder why your clothes are so soaking wet. Um, I don't know how y'all do it in Alabama. God, it's hot. <laughs> Which, so this experience of just like sweating and even trying to go later in the afternoon reminded me of, a, of, of a, one of the gospel passages in John that I think can help us illustrate a little bit more of what this gospel does. So, so that's why I'm going to go backwards in John. And, and, and thinking of, of the woman at the well, and I heard Nadia Bowles-Weber preach about a year and a half ago, and she was talking about the woman at the well who we know, the text says, has six or seven different husbands, which means that we have portrayed all this imagery on her. And, and she goes to the well at the middle of the day, and had never thought about this before. She goes at high noon. And as y'all probably see where I'm going, the hottest point of the day when nobody else is going to go would it be caught in the middle of the sun. And so she asked that question, what kind of shame in this woman propels her to go and make that journey? Why is she so, um, what is it that she carries with her that she's so embarrassed about? And, and, she, and, and Weber makes the, the um, point that I mean, this, the structure and the system is why she has all these husbands, and it was kind of required by law. It's our own perception that has forced this way of looking at her. But, it, but it's interesting. So she meets Jesus, and Jesus says, no, look, you are a child of God, and, and this nothing is going to define you. The person that you are is worthy to be received in love. And so this is the kind of image that I want you to think about the power of Jesus in the Gospel of John. To take all these fragments of who she is and the shame that she carries and the brokenness that we believe she has. And Jesus says, look, you are a beautiful child of God and worthy of love. This is who you are and you get it more than all these other people. She's the kind of powerful one in the Gospel of John. And so all of these things and experiences that make her are fine. They're a part of the beautiful person that God has created. Now, today's gospel is one of the miracles of the feeding of the 5,000. You hear it in all four of our gospels. And in fact, there's another miracle of um, the feeding of 4,000 that we hear in Matthew and Luke. And so we have this idea of constantly um, people encountering Jesus and he breaks bread and fish and it becomes this abundant meal. And a lot of people have, they've addressed, the, um, they've addressed this miracle in the sense of maybe it wasn't that there were just a few pieces of bread and a few fish. Maybe, you know, maybe it's the act of sharing and the trust and hospitality is inviting of everyone else to kind of take out their food and share um, and so what really happens is this trust in this community provides for everyone else. But John has something that is very interesting in John's text. And that is that John focused for some reason on the crumbs that are discarded. You hear it, that even these crumbs are gathered. And that's unique to the other texts. And so I think that this image that John presents is that everything, maybe it's my own reading because of the activities of the church of late, but everything has potential and purpose. That even the crumbs that are gathered have an important part of this story that are providing for the well-being of everyone else. The past week has been a, a, a 
very life-giving uh, week for me here at St. Stephen's. On last Saturday, uh, 23 of us gathered to paddle up the Cahaba River up from 280, and we picked up we picked up trash, everything from beer cans and bottles and, and styrofoam and, a, and a vo- somebody found a volleyball, um, picking, up, picking up waste. And then um, yesterday we gathered with, with an artist who's here, Linda Munez, to, um, to take broken glass and we framed and, and created, she helped us create this tile mosaic of a lily, of a Cahaba lily. And on the outside of it, are broken glass bottles that were recovered over the last several years from, from the Cahaba River. Um, and, and so looking at that, and what the image that kind of came from this, this expression of art is that all the fragmented and broken pieces, some beautiful and some discarded, they create this beautiful picture, this incredible masterpiece of art. Everything that's been discarded is a part of that story. I think a lot about what it means to be gathered here as Christian community and the reason that we worship together. And I think it's kind of, I I love, um, I know that one of our young members is wearing a a blazer for the first time today. Joe's got his blazer on. We always put on our very finest when we come to church, and it's, and it's fun, I love. Um, I've got my own sport coat collection that a number of y'all have commented on recently. Um, <laughs> it, it, there is something about the sacredness of gathering here that we, we, we do it and we wanna put on our best. But there's also this part that this is the community that recognizes that we don't have to be our best, that we're beautiful in our brokenness. And I think of the power of Jesus to transform the woman at the well, that the power of Jesus in this room is to say that all of those things that we carry, all of the guilt, the shame, the brokenness, it mixes with the achievements in our life in this beautiful way that create this extraordinary masterpiece of the body of Christ that is here. Community, our Christian community is not about being perfect. We don't have to be perfect. That's why grace, that's why God's love exists. Instead, instead we get to remind each other. We get to look at each other and say God loves you despite. And actually a part of all of the things that we have, the mistakes we've made and the things that we have discarded and tried to throw away are part of the beauty of being in community together. Following our service, I would love nothing more. The choir is hosting a wonderful coffee hour um, on the far end um, by the parish hall. If you walk through the hall, on the right is the chapel, and you can walk into the chapel at any time uh, following our service. Um, And actually, Linda's going to help people if you want to put on gloves and lay grout um, in the Cahaba Lily. You can do that. It's our piece of art that we're creating as a community. But it's also a chance for you to lay your hands on that peace and to be reminded that nothing that God has created, which includes you and me, is to be discarded or wasted. And all of the things that we bring here, all the heaviness and all of the beauty, is a part of the beautiful masterpiece 
of the body of Christ. So go forth from here and know that you, each one of you, are a part of what makes this place the beautiful image of God that is manifest here. Amen.